Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Classroom, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by myself, Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is episode number 223. Thanks, as always, to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week's show, we've got the Forest Green Rovers lost to discuss, as well as our FA Cup exit against Newport County. We've also got a full news roundup. There's been quite a bit going on to bring you up to speed with, so just in case you've missed anything. And plenty, plenty of fan views as well as our own views. But first, in a break from our normal um, convention, joining us on the phone now, live, we are absolutely thrilled and delighted to welcome Late Norwich promotion-winning goalkeeper and current first-team goalkeeping coach. Welcome to this podcast, Dean Brill. Thanks, chaps. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Brilo, Thanks for coming Brilo, in. Brilo. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. I don't sing for just anyone. Um, well, I thought it was a great app for you. Um, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Really well, good. Um, obviously a busy schedule, but yeah, we're enjoying it. It's been, it's been really good so far. Yeah, it's been a very, very busy one. What are your thoughts on the, on the season so far? Uh, in a word, probably madness. Um, I think obviously everybody's got to be commended um, to get us off and running. To be to be fair, I think right from the start, the, the chairman and um, everybody's really gone out on a limb to get us going and get us up and running, which was uh, which was good. And then I think we had a good, strong pre-season. Obviously, had a bit more time than normal, but probably played into our hands since that was so long off. Um, and then the season, um, I think I think we've got going in parts. Um, I think there's still loads more to come. Um, I think, obviously, the, the scenario of the two weeks where we, where we were missing probably uh, didn't help us carry our momentum on, albeit with all the cup games we had at the start of the season. But I think we're very close to... Um, hitting top form I think we've shown that against a couple of tough opponents recently um, and I think if we can just string a few more runs together and, uh, and prolong that good feeling I think I think we can uh, have a great season I think just to pick up on that Dean I think there's a, quite a few fans that seem to you know, have the view um, that we do well against teams below us but not necessarily the teams against us Forest Green and uh, and Newport being, being an example, Do, is there um, is there anything you can put your finger on as to why that might be? I think they're good sides. Um, I, like I just said there, I think I think we were close. Uh, Forest Green, obviously, we beat them at the start of the season, um, mm. uh, and then obviously we lost the other night to, uh, to to a couple of set plays, which we're obviously disappointed about. Um, but actually, in the game, it was there wasn't loads in it. It was a, a pretty solid away performance. Um, we, we hit them a couple of times in a counter attack, and like I said, they're a good team. So, um, but we were we were a threat. I thought we carried a threat, and then um, obviously Saturday was Saturday. We, we made a couple of changes. Um, but we're confident in our squad and, and again I think the game as a whole wasn't a great game um, and the guy scores a really good goal at one all, which was probably about a fair result at the time like I said mm. without really either team getting going I mean they're top of the league um, and I don't think they really got going as well so I, I think 
we're, we're close. I think I think I'll, we've probably put in some of our best performances, like you would say, against teams that are, uh, haven't really got going yet. But you can only beat what's in front of you. And I think I think like I said, I think with the top teams at the minute, I, th- I think we've been close. I, I, I don't think we're far off. As the goalkeeping coach uh, at the moment, how happy are you with the form of Lawrence Vigaru? Yeah, very, um, very. I think he's been probably um, one of our one of our best players this year, and, and and that's not. Sometimes if you say that about a goalkeeper, it's because he's <clears throat> having having loads to do and man of the match performances here and there. But I think Lawrence is. Um, obviously, everybody knows how good his distribution is. It's easy for people to see when they watch it and how calm and the influence he brings uh, in possession for us. But I think out of possession, he's been he's been very good. He's um, I don't know if it transmits on the telly when people watch, but he started to become more, more vocal and more of a leader in the group. Um, I think he's been very reliable, and obviously he's made some, some very good saves. So I, I think as a whole, he's um, he started the season really well. But I would add that I think there's still a lot more to come from Lawrence. Did you did you know much about him before he came? Did you know what you'd need to work on with him? I knew I knew enough. I uh, I'd spoken a few times about him uh, uh, with Ross um, about his Swindon days. Obviously, just in passing, talking about goalies, which I pretty much tend to turn every conversation into about <laughs> goalkeeping. Uh, the boys in the office will probably um, relate to that. Um, so yeah, I, I knew enough about him. And obviously, then when we signed him, I, I got to I was injured at the time, but obviously I was out on the training ground, so I got to witness a, a bit about about how he trained and, and how he worked and obviously I did my homework by watching some footage of him so um, I'd like to think I've got a, a good idea and, and obviously now we've worked together for what well, we probably four months now like solid so mm. um, we've got a great relationship and, and, and like I said I still think there's a lot lot more to come which which says a lot for his potential because of, of where he's at at the moment you pretty much described the season as madness which I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there's been a lot of um Saturday, Tuesday games, and we talk a lot about how it's difficult to keep players fit. What's it like for a goalkeeper? I mean, we always talk about how tired it must be for an outfield player, but what? how does it work for a goalkeeper playing consistently on a Saturday, Tuesday? What, what are their struggles? Um, it's obviously not as much physical um, recovery as what the players do, but I think unless you've played the position and you, you kind of understand you kind of have to be in the game all the time um, so it's more of a mental fatigue so I, I know I speak to Lawrence pretty much every day and, and, and Sam every day and after the game it's not so, then it's never so much like oh, I've got aches and pains or stuff it's more of I feel tired or I need a good sleep tonight or uh, something like that you know so it's more of the mental turnaround which is probably where the goalkeeping coach comes into it a lot because obviously we're in contact with them a lot daily in our own little groups whereas it's not the same maybe as it used to be putting the goalies in the corner but I think the mental side of it becomes probably the biggest um, thing about keeping them, them sharp and fresh and um, and not letting that, that tiredness creep in from, from Saturday, Tuesday So yesterday's game their first goal came from uh, Lawrence Vigaroux's mistake how do you 
work that through with Lawrence? I'm assuming, obviously, you're not standing over him saying, what did you do that for? He obviously knows that he's made that mistake. I mean, he's not an idiot. He doesn't need to be reminded of it. So how do you... Obviously, Monday, Ross has mentioned a lot that the players come in and their analysis is being done and their game and what they did well, what they can do better. How do you cover that sort of aspect with, with Lawrence? Because he, he rarely makes a mistake. No, he doesn't. I think, I think he's, like I said before, he's, he's been very consistent and very mm. reliable. Yeah. Um, I think, do you know what? I think to answer that bluntly, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Like you just said. So uh, there's not loads we have to discuss. He walks up to me after the game. He's obviously got the ump about it, like goalkeepers do. Mm. But in all fairness, he's probably done that similar move and that similar, the sweeping, the, the taking control, the calmness that I talked about, three or four times comfortably this year. And the actual mistake was he didn't execute the pass well enough Yeah. Uh, um, to Joe or, or whoever he was trying to pass it to. And then, as a goalkeeper, you live and die by them decisions when you're out of your box and ultimately got punished for it. So there's not really loads to talk about. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if it was a technical factor or something like that. But but actually, if he completes the pass, everyone's clapping their hands and saying, oh, well done, Lawrence, well well yeah. calmed, well controlled. So it's, it's, not, it's not nothing major, which, like I say... The top ones make them, we, we make them, and, and it's up to us to eradicate them, but it's a pretty obvious one to to, to, to talk about and then move on from. Yeah, who'd be a goalkeeper, eh? Who'd be a goalkeeper? <laughs> yeah. When, when you take the training sessions, um, Dean, do, you, uh, do Lawrence and Sam have the same routines, or do, are you going through different aspects of each other's game? Um, yeah, good question. They're very different goalkeepers. As anybody that's watched Steve could probably tell you, and and I would say that uh, working with them, they are completely different characters and completely different styles of goalkeepers. So obviously that some have got strengths and others have got weaknesses that, that they don't that don't match up. So it would be hard for me to to do that. But I think we the get the game's gone a little bit from especially the goalkeeping's perspective of. Like I said before, you get put in the corner and you kick balls at the goalkeepers, and then when the team want you, you just run over. We we try to do, uh, we we try to create situations where it's more real. So training now is is very, or the training that I try to put on. You have to ask them too about it, and uh, it's just to try to give them decisions and. Um, in-game related stuff so basically the way they the way that they keep goal can be completely different but the decisions that they make in goal are going to be very similar mm. because effectively you're keeping the ball out of the net you're either coming for it or you're not you're either kicking it or you're not so it's about putting them decisions on so for me if, if I can put them decisions on them they will deal with it differently and that's completely fine um, and they're professional goalkeepers, so it's, it's about me tweaking their techniques. But actually, it's about sharpening them up so that when they go into the game, they've worked on them decisions hundreds and hundreds of times. So d- during games, obviously, once the players step over the white lines, obviously everything that you've worked on, you hope parts of it or all of it do stick. But uh, obviously, it's on the players then. So what's your role? During games, are you taking an overview of the team in terms of your comments to Ross? Are you just purely focusing on Lawrence? How does how does your role work on a on an actual match day? Um, well, again, I don't know if I transmit across the telly, but I still shout a lot. <laughs> uh, um, no, this, uh, um, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, well, I'm not joking. I do, but uh, on a match day. Um, 
yeah, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll focus on Lawrence before the game and, and during the game. But I think nowadays, like I've just talked about there, that the, the role of a goalkeeper and the role of a goalkeeping coach is evolving. We're not just stuck in the corner worried about ourselves. I've said that a couple of times now. We are integrating the team. And if, if anybody does their coaching badges now, it's like the goalkeeper's involved in everything. Um, so I think... I'm lucky that Ross allows me to be part of our sessions and involves and asks for my input a lot on training sessions and I do take various parts of training at times which is obviously great because like I say I don't just get stuck on the sideline and said right you just watch the goalie so uh, I think from that point of view it's the same on a match day um, we've got a great we've got a great staff um, we've got a great dynamic actually for, throughout the whole of the, the staffing and everybody's just obsessed and solely focused on the whole the whole team and, and the club moving forward so um, like I say we, we, all, we all chip in with our bits and we all have roles and I think we've worked that out in the, in the last four months of, and it's all like come together sort of thing now and, and hopefully we, we'll help him rush as much as we can in all aspects of it You mentioned before obviously talking to Lawrence about his performances but what on a Monday or on a Wednesday morning when you're reviewing the previous game pretty easy I guess as fans to go well we didn't keep a clean sheet so yeah. you know it didn't work out but what, what stats are you looking at is it clean sheets is it pass distributions is it saves per shot um, on a whole we don't overly work on a lot of stats we, we all watch look, well I've just got it on my laptop now I'm just sitting down I'm halfway through the game again already today um, and I know two or three of the other staff have already watched the game back. So we get, we go a lot on on actually reviewing the game itself and and things like that. Obviously, the analysis team will throw up some stats every now and then if we if they see something glaring or, or if we don't feel like something's worked. Sometimes you obviously need them stats to back you up or to put you back in your box and say, actually, no, we're doing all right with that. Um, but as a whole, a lot of it is done with, with review of video. Um, we've all we're, we've got a great analysis team actually, and, and who have all taught us. Uh, I won't say ex-professional footballer <laughs> plonkers with the laptops, but we've, we've they've taught us how to actually create our own videos from games, and we, we clip our own games. So if I'm sitting at home now and I see a pattern emerging from the game on Saturday, I can actually pull a video together to present to everybody tomorrow morning. So that's kind of how we work. If everybody comes in, and nine times out of ten, we've all got similar sort of messages, so we're all on the same page. Um, so with regards to stats and stuff, we're not overly overly interesting to be honest yeah it's more about what's gone on in the actual game itself and how you need to behave in a similar environment okay and then I guess obviously on the training pitch you're then replicating that to give them the practice and the memory muscle that when that eventually happens they recognise it and behave in a way that they know how to deal with it that's it and I think I think this year I think we consciously made an effort to to, to focus. I think last year was, was a, a strange year but everybody got a look at the league and I think what we come together and found out was actually if we focus on what we're about and what we do more so than what the opponents do I, I think you can only affect your own performance if it's, and especially at the minute where people turn up and have got like, I mean we've done it four or five times this year predict what they're going to do and all of a sudden they just sweep it out and do something different it's, it's probably more relevant now to focus on us than ever um, so that's kind of the stance we've got on it at the minute obviously we do our due diligence and a lot on the opponents but a lot of this stuff that we've done this year is based on us 
Yeah, very, uh, control the controllables, I think, see, is, is the expression. Um, so, Sam Sargent um, has been with us through the youth setup. Um, he's currently back up to Lawrence Vigoru, who's only recently joined the club. Um, I, I don't know, does Sam ever come up to you and say, you know, when am I going to get my shot of being number one? What does Sam have to do in order to displace Lawrence without obviously injuring him? <laughs> <laughs> if he runs and rugby tackles every training, we know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sack in P45. Yeah. Well, I would, what I would say is he's one of the most professional, hard-working Sarge that I've ever seen. He is 110% every single day, every single moment, and extremely low maintenance, um, which is it's a real credit to him. So what I would say about that is he just has to keep doing what he's doing I think I think the games that he played last year um, when he took over from myself I think he I think he proved to himself and everybody that he'd from what I'd seen he'd certainly matured into the to the from the goalkeeper that I saw when I first came in Um, and, and to his credit he's constantly wanting to learn so it's tough for a goalkeeper. We have to wait. We have to, sometimes you have to wait your chance, um, and and unfortunately at the minute that's what Sam's having to do. But when when we say about training every day, it like say he gives a one hundred and ten percent, and if if he continues that way, he will keep improving. Mm-hmm. And when his and, and it's the old fashioned one of oh, you need to be ready when you come in, so you've got to train properly and all of that. But with with Sam, that is, there's no question about when that time comes, he is going to grab it with both hands because he is doing everything he can to be ready to to step in and, and make it his own. I must commend Sam Sargent actually because one of the guys we sit with, a guy called Darren, he he went on holiday and met a family who know the sergeants, and they got talking about Sam, and Sam sent um, Darren's son a whole wad of goalkeeping gloves, a signed top. A signed photo, which I thought was really nice. So I have to commend Sam Sargent for that. So I think I've mentioned oh. that on the podcast before. Nice. So very nice there, Sam. So previously, there's always been kind of free keepers around the club. So it used to be Granger, yourself, yeah. and Sam. Last season, Artie Janata was around, yeah. uh, and obviously he left in the summer. Is it just currently Lawrence and Sam you're working with, or are there youth keepers you're working with? Yeah, come through. We've got we've got a couple of youth team goalkeepers. Um, uh, one obviously the current climate doesn't make it easy for that to, to, to be um, on a consistent basis. Obviously, we obviously train at the same training ground, but we're, at the moment we're training at different times, obviously, to try and keep the bubbles separate. Um, but we have a third year scholar, um, Reese Byrne, who unfortunately this time last year did his eight. Uh, ruptures ACL so he's literally just come back into we've brought him into our bubble to to get him up to speed and get him to train with the first team as obviously he's, he's that bit older than the youth team boys um, and then we've got uh, Sean Campbell who's a second year um, youth team player and he's, he's currently injured actually he's got a, a but like I say I, I do try to work with him and I've got we've got um, we've got a WhatsApp group and uh, we speak like quite like freely and regularly, and the, the older boys are brilliant with them. So at the minute, it is it's kind of me, Lawrence, and and Sam, and then the other two um, will will come into our group as and as and when we're allowed to. Um, in an ideal world, I think 
from my point of view, I think you would always carry a third. Um, but obviously the current climate dictates that that's probably not uh, not ideal at the moment. So it's, it's something that we'll probably look to do in the future. But we're really happy with what we've got. And obviously below it, um, we've got a great academy and I'm working with them at the moment to try and really to bolster our um, goalkeeping department all the way down to... Well, in fact, Arthur Gennaro is now the academy goalkeeper coach from 10s to 16. So I work quite uh, closely mm-hmm. with Arthur about getting the, building the academy up and, and obviously bringing some Sam Sargent's and Charlie Granges and, and all that through, you know. So that's the next phase of, of, of what we're trying to do. So previously then, the goalkeeping department was pretty much just focused on the first, first team goalkeepers, but actually your remit sounds like it's actually slightly broader than that, and that's to make sure that there is a pathway for 10-year-olds right the way through to the first team then. Well, that's, that's 100% right. We, um, well, I, know, I, I know all the names of the, the ones down to the under-10s. I've, uh, we, we videoed the training sessions. I've watched uh, three or four of those. Um, to help Arthur and, help, and obviously to take an interest in, in what's coming through because ultimately like that's that's what that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get players in, a club like us needs to get players into the first team and just because it's of goalkeepers like we need goalkeepers as well everybody needs goalkeepers there's there's, there's I wouldn't say there's a shortage of goalkeepers out there but it's it's, it's very hard to bring goalkeepers through as Sam Sargent's finding out because there's only one place to play Mm. So there comes a period where if we can get them right early, they're obviously then ready, more ready to step in as they come into the building and, and, it, and it's a pathway that we're trying to, we're trying to build now. Very interesting. Um, look, conscious that it's, it's your Sunday evening, so just a couple of, couple of final ones from us. Obviously, we, we're talking to you off the back of two losses, unfortunately, rather than previously where we were coming off off of four unbeaten. But obviously, it's, it's quite rollercoastery in terms of winning and losing, but the games are coming thick and fast. So, what's the mood in the dressing room like at the moment, or, or at the training ground? You know what? It's been it's been fantastic. Like I know it gets documented quite a lot of, about how uh, we've talked about that it's been it's a good group and everybody gets on well and um, like everybody really buys into the to the the ethos of the club and the chairman and, and everybody involved. And I can only really echo that more, to be honest. Um, I mean, we, we obviously we the travelling we're travelling a lot and there's a lot of late nights and. Um, a lot of minutes to be played and there's obviously players that don't play and players that are playing a lot of minutes so there's a lot of mixed emotions but actually when we get to the nitty gritty and get on the training pitch the boys they're fantastic they, they train every day with a real a real spring in their step a real smile on their face and we, we, we really can't as a group of staff and, and as, a, as a club ask for a better group of players that, get, that really are giving their all every single day that's brilliant. That's great to hear. I guess the final question from us, Dean, what are your hopes for the rest of the season for the team going forward, also for Lawrence Vigoroo and Sam, and also yourself? Um, good question. Um, I would start with the team. I think I think we we need to we need to be uh, more consistent. I think we I think there's definitely definitely opportunities for us this year to put runs of form together once we find that consistency I think we've shown uh, in the, the, the madness of all the games that 
we have a bounce back ability. We've obviously come back from uh, losing positions and we've also dominated games. So I think there's a lot there to work with. And I think if we can find that level of consistency, I think we can do really well this year. Uh, From a goalkeeping point of view, like I say, I think they've both started brilliantly. um, they, They... we obviously want more clean sheets. That's a big thing that, that I tried to push when I was a player. And obviously I'm trying to push again now. And, and we had three and four before the last two games. So it's something we're, we're really looking to to progress with. And as myself, I think I think it's learning. I think I speak to a lot of people um, about goalkeeping, about football. And I think I've probably previously said it in interviews before. I'm football daft. So I watch so much football and speak to so many people about football. So for me personally, it's to to progress as a coach and, and, and hopefully bring through and make better goalkeepers of the ones we got. Great answer. Great yeah, answer. Dean Brill, thank, thank you very much for joining us. On Not a problem. Sunday. I it's appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. We wish you all the best uh, for the rest of the season and hopefully obviously get as many clean sheets as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah. very much. Appreciate your time. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Take care. Dean. Take Cheers, care, Dean. Bye. So that was Dean Brill live on the phone, coming live out of Orient Outlook Podcast Towers, and we hope you enjoyed that. That was a great interview. Thank you to Luke and Dan for setting that up, and thank you for Dean for making the time on this Sunday evening to talk to us. Absolutely. Very insightful, because you rarely hear from Dean, so um, very much appreciated him giving up part of his Sunday evening and interrupting his analysis. So let's move on then with the rest of this podcast. A sponsorship announcement here, AJF Plastering, as you well know, the king of the 15% discount, are an Essex-based plastering, <laughs> are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems, and the best part, as I've just said, is that they offer a 15% discount for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. If you want more information, if you're thinking about having some work done in your house, uh, get Adam involved. You can contact him. You can go through his snazzy new website, which is www.ajfplastering.co.uk. Or you can email him, ajfplastering at outlook.com. You can find him on Facebook, ajfplastering, search that. Or you can find him on Twitter, at Big Ads LOFC. And he's also on Instagram now, where he's starting to post a few pictures of his work. That's ajfplastering. So moving on into the week that was following another great week for the O's. Obviously, we came to the back of the Exeter draw and the Bolton win hopes were high, so let's find out how the week went. Starting with Coulson Monday, 2nd of November, as the club announced its nominees for October's Goal of the Month award. There were some absolute crackers in this one. To be fair, all four could have got the award, but it can only be one such as life. So the nominations were JMD versus Grimsby Town. If you remember that one, brought it down, killed a lovely shot past the keeper after beating a few players. And then three goals from the Bolton game. First of all, the Joby McEnough free kick, which was just a delight to behold, as was the Connor Wilkinson free kick against Bolton, and also the Craig Clay stunner, which was a top bins goal. And the winner, with 39% of the vote, just 2% ahead of second place, Craig Clay, was Joby McEnough for his free kick against Bolton. Well done, Joby. I mean, like I said, all four goals were amazing. Personally, for me, I thought Craig Clay's was goal of the month, but Joby's was also a worthy winner but great to be talking about four great goals 
Yeah, it makes a refreshing change to be talking about four great goals, but I think we called it in the previous episode where we said yeah. that these three goals will be in goal of the month. I don't think there was any doubt in that. I think Connor or Craig for me, I think Connor's is a bit further out. It's a bit of a different angle and he's just got that over the wall beautifully and down into that corner. So take nothing away from Joby's effort though. It was a cracking effort. Um, but for me, I think, I think it would have been a flip of a coin between Connor and Craig, although I think Craig would have slightly edged that. So, yeah, yeah. so moving on then to, to Huey Tuesday, the 3rd of November. The club announced its nominees for the Player of the Month for October and the nominees were Josh Coulson, Joby McEnough, Lawrence Vigarou and Connor Wilkinson and the winner taking 38% of the vote, beating Lawrence Vigarou into second place by 5% is... Joby McEnough. Well done, Joby. A double for Joby McEnough. Unbelievable. The guy is turning 39 next week. Unbelievable. Well done to Joby. Again, Lawrence has had a fantastic month. So has Connor Walkinson. So has Coulson. So all of yeah. those players all deserved worthy, it. Yeah. worthy winners. So later in the afternoon, Tottenham Hotspur announced their online auction of signed match-worn shirts from the Carabao Cup game against Chelsea had raised an up unbelievable a whopping £33,000 just over 33 grand out of those shirts all that money going straight to the Justin Edinburgh Foundation the J3 Foundation that's incredible yeah absolutely incredible and a, a stunning amount for some for some football shirts there's some very generous uh, fans out there and think how much good work the JE3 are going to be able to do with that amount of money how many defibrillators that they're going to be able to buy yeah, so, I commend, commend Tottenham Hotspur as a football club for that. Really, really great to see. And in the agree. evening, it was time for the main event as the O's travelled away to Forest Green Rovers. And the team was announced at 6pm. Lawrence Vigarou in goal at the back. Sanji Akinola, Jamie Turley, Dan Happy and Joe Woodhouse midfield of Say, Craig Clay, Josh Wright. And up top, Connor Wilkinson, Danny Johnson and James Brophy on the bench. We had Sam Sargent, Josh Coulson, Joby McEnough, the JMD, James Dayton, Louis Dennis, and also Tyrion. The starting lineup see some changes as Josh Coulson, Josh Coulson sorry, and Joby McEnough are on the bench. They're replaced by uh, Jamie Turley and Josh Wright. Ruel Satori returned to the match day squad and is on the bench. And Us Cisse is named captain for this match. I'm for me, quite happy with that. McEnough being uh, managed, obviously, he's uh, an elder statesman, so you know he needs to be carefully managed there. Assume Coulson had picked up a bit of a knock, otherwise he would play. A little bit surprised, actually, that Cissé was given the captaincy over uh, Dan Happy, who's worn the armband before. I'm not sure what that, why that was changed, but I guess Ross may be just trying out different players, um, I would imagine. Yeah, for me, I mean... I was a bit surprised. I know, obviously, we talk about managing Joby, but I think he's been such a pivotal player and it was such a big game against a team higher up than us in the league. I was surprised Joby didn't start, but I know why he didn't start. Um, I presume the same with Coulson. Again, being managed, played a lot of football, but I thought Coulson had been playing really well um, and was a big loss, actually, to the defence for that one. Like you, I was surprised to say he was given the armband considering Happy's worn it quite a few times this season yeah. uh, already. But, you know, Cissé plays that defensive role, good position on the pitch for a captain, um, and obviously will bring his game forward. So, also looking at that bench, there's a lot a lot of options to be could have brought on. JMD, Dayton and Dennis for a bit of creativity. Satiru, 
to, to bang the ball in the net. So lots an of options there game. for us. Ben, an amazing lots, bench, really. Lots of tweets coming. Um, when the team was announced, Jack LOFC. So not surprised to see Joby rested, but other than that, a decent team that can win us some points. Lewis 15335405 said, Good lineup, great to see some minutes for Turley and Wright, but would have liked to have seen a start for Maguire Drew, just in behind Johnson. Also, the bench seems very attacking. Would have been good to see either Judd, Ling, or Jordan Thomas on the bench. For cover, I mean, we're not really heard much. Um, you know, Jordan Thomas uh, or Sam Ling, and what's happened to to Miles Judd as well. There's a there's a question mark. We've got three right backs there, um, and we haven't heard much of them. Well, Judd is still injured. Uh, Ross said in his post match yesterday, so Judd's ah, hands okay. are giving him grief. Jordan Thomas has been mentioned as well. He just can't get anywhere near the squad at the moment due to the fact that Kenoz is playing so well. He can't get in the squad, and Sam Ling. I presume is the same, just can't get in the squad at the moment. But good point, every right back is none in the actual squad. Stroud mm. Green O tweeted us, and as with others, I feel so much less confident with Joby out of the side, but he has already played a lot more minutes than I expected to. So I guess we have to suck it up and accept that his rotation is inevitable. Gary Talbot 7 said, Wright was kept afloat early last season by some early goals and assists in this stronger, more EFL Savio side. His pedestrian approach. Uh, is not what we need. That said, um, Sting. Uh, that said, Sting side and bench at least offensively. I'm not sure that makes sense, but there we go. I think there's a typo there somewhere. Uh, yeah. So like others, disappointed to see right in the team sheet, and a lot is hopeful of us getting the result. Having said that, he has a chance to show what he's capable of, and whether he's the future post Jovi. That should have read my previous tweet, Gary. Sorry, I've, I, it, there is a typo, but it said we need that. Uh, that said, strong side and bench, at least offensively. Um, simple, yeah. Simply a red seventy-two said with right playing, the upside is Cisse and Clay behind him, and the space of Brophy to the left. If he finds the form from early last season and late runs into the box, he could be an asset. So lots of people talking about Josh Wright pre-match. So let's find out how the O's got off as the match kicked off on a cold, horrible Tuesday night in Gloucestershire. And 10 minutes into the half, James Brophy started a smart counter-attack from deep within our half. Got into the Forest Green Rovers box, but McGee made a decent stop to deny his shot. Yeah, six minutes later, and Josh Wright sent a clever ball over the top for Connor Wilkinson, who looked to shoot, but the defender had it covered, unfortunately. Yeah, Forest Green Rovers had a chance in the 18th minute as Bailey cut back to Jamil Matt, whose shot was very well saved by the feet of Lawrence Vigaru. I thought that was a really good save by Lawrence. Stood up, didn't go down too late, and made a good save from close range there. Yeah, 25 minutes on the clock now. Connor Wilkinson was brought down and we were awarded a free kick, uh, which was in a good position, actually. Uh, Connor um, stepped up to take it, had a decent effort, but McGee tipped it over for a corner. Yeah, comfortable save there for the keeper. Two minutes later, Jamie Turley went into the referee's book as he fouled Collins. Yeah, on the just shy of the half-hour mark, then Forest Green Rovers took the lead. A free kick that was floated into the box, flicked on to uh, Odin Bailey, who lashed it past Lawrence Vigarou to make it 1-0. And for me, I think that's a really disappointing goal to concede. How's that Bailey been allowed to run into our box unmarked? Who, who was meant to be... Uh, marking him and, and who didn't pick him up and you know the guy's taking it well he could have rosetted that but unfortunately for us he's, he's put that straight in the back of the net yeah poor defending he's just one of his man uh, one of the midfield men just let him go but again he's here well good finish there we find ourselves 
one nil down, but you know we almost had an instant equaliser as the dangerous James Brophy, who was having a lot of success down the left hand side, he was causing Forest Green Rovers some real problems. He cut the ball back to Josh Wright, who shot wide, but Josh was not to be denied for long. He wasn't because the equalising goal came in the 42nd minute from the aforementioned Josh Wright. A long clearance from Lawrence Vigrou was very, very nicely laid, uh, controlled by uh, Danny Johnson. He laid it off to James Brophy, who drove into the box, squared his pass beautifully into the uh, oncoming Josh Wright, who buried his shot in the back of the net to make it one all with his first goal of the season. I thought that was a very well-worked team effort. I thought Danny Johnson's uh, goal, uh, sorry, Danny Johnson's touch to, to um, uh, James Brophy was absolutely on point. And again, talking about Lawrence Vigarou, uh, you know, as we were with Dean Brill, you know, that started from the back. That started from a Lawrence Vigarou clearance. Uh, previously, we just hoofed these balls up pitch, but actually now with Lawrence, um, there is a little bit of um, uh, thought that goes into it and a lot of our attacks are starting from, from the goalkeeper, which I think has been a rarity uh, from, from Orient goalkeepers of yesteryear. So it's actually very refreshing now that we've got that, that tool in our toolbox. Good goal. I think you have to give the, the onus of the credit there to James Brophy for making that. I know Johnson's yeah. played a good pass for him, but you know, without Brophy that goal doesn't happen. Good finish from Wright, who loves a knee slide. Josh Wright loves a knee slide. Good finish there by Josh. Josh done his old knee slide. One all. So one additional minute of time was played out as the ref brought the half to a close with the team side at one all with all to play for in the second half. Absolutely. Um, so the scores were tied at the halfway point at one all. Mike Oakley underscore tweeted in and said he feels like we can nick this with a counter-attack in the second half. Need to keep the ball on the deck and stop playing hoofball. Bring on Joby bring the compo- uh, to bring the composure. Yeah, Terence Coates too. Also, that's what Orient Outlook has said. The relief, vital goal by Wright as we have been the second best team with him being below par before the goal. Worried that off the post early he's already on a yellow which could bite us later. But we are one all before a classic was half-time. Team talk, come on you O's. So there were no changes for the O's at half-time. Just a minute into the half, Lawrence Vigarou landed slightly awkwardly as he caught the ball but thankfully he was OK to continue. Yeah, let's fast forward into the 60th minute as Conor Walkerson latched into Usise's pass, beat two men, but his strike was blocked. Yeah, fast forward now to the 68th minute. Forest Green Rovers had a big chance to make it 2-1 as Jamil Matt prodded Stevens's low cross wide from close range. I thought that was a bit of a let-off for us. Yeah, they were starting to kind of part the pressure a bit now. They have a bit yeah. more ball. They just couldn't make any any chance to count. Jamil Matt is a good striker. I was at Newport last season. It's a bit of a dirty lead to... Forward, he'll end up playing. He'll, he'll end up playing in a few leagues above in a couple of years. I would have thought. Seventy-first minute, first sub of the game for the O's. Danny Johnson was replaced, and on came Ruel Sirius. Yeah, I think Ross put that down to the fact that Danny's played a lot of minutes. Yes, a yeah, lot I of minutes. Get that. Um, so you know, it's it's fair enough. Uh, a big penalty shout for us in the seventy-fourth minute. Connor Wilkinson was brought down, but the referee just was not interested. Steve. Uh, Looked like a stonewaller to me. Yeah. Gotta say, Connor gets the ball before his man nips it past him, and he knows the challenge is coming. And he does wait for it. He does go down, but that looked like a hundred percent penalty. I can't believe that wasn't given that one. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. So we didn't get that, but we had a huge lull off just three minutes later in the seventy seventh minute as Bailey's low cross was hit by Young. 
deflected onto the woodwork. Somehow the game stayed at one all. Yeah, but it, it's been coming. And in the 82nd minute, unfortunately, Forest Green Rovers took the lead following a corner that was swung into the far post and Matt Stevens was there to just help it into the net and make it 2-1 with just eight minutes remaining. Oh, poor marking again. Ross yeah. and the guys will be pulling their hair out when, when they would have seen that gone in. You know, two set pieces, done two times. Matt Stevens, easy tapping at the back post. Basic, and it? Basic defended. Yeah, they're, they're not going to get too many easier goals than that um, in, their, in their season, I don't think. No, really disappointing. So we had... A very short while to try and get on level terms. Ross didn't waste any time, made two substitutions as Connor Wilkinson was replaced by Louis Dennis and Josh Wright was replaced by Joby Mackinoff. Yeah, but I mean, for me, it's good to make the substitutions, but there's not really enough time for them to make an impact on the game or to really change it. I know it only takes seconds to score a goal, but you know, for players coming in cold that need to get warmed and get used to the game, uh, I think we should have probably made these about 10, 15 minutes ago, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not a fan of making late subs. I'd rather make them earlier to allow them plenty of time. But I mean, I'm... You know, I'm not experienced enough to to be uh, to to be criticising, but that's just my uh, opinion. But you know, to be fair, Louis Dennis almost had an immediate impact as McGee dropped a corner, and Dennis almost poked the ball home, but somehow it was cleared. I mean, what a substitution appearance that would have been if he can salvage a point. You know, having just come on the pitch as a substitute, that would have been amazing. Yeah, wasn't to be. You know, four minutes of time were added on the end of the half, and despite a lot of effort and a lot of endeavour. The referee brought the match to a close when he fell to our first defeat in five games. Yeah, so Ross Embleton's post-match interview is available on the club's YouTube channel. Uh, we've got a snippet uh, of that here. It says, um, it's disappointing because of the result, but when you come here and play against a good team, they're going to dominate possession of the ball. But ultimately, we lose the game because of two set pieces. We had chances ourselves on the counter-attack to get something out of the game. But when you come to a place like this, you know you're going to be in for a tough night. So you don't want to give opportunities away. And I think that's fair enough, isn't it? That's what we've done, really. Yeah, again, done by those two set pieces. So that loss sees the O's drop two places to 13th. As at this point, we've played 11, won four, drawn three, lost four. Goal difference, plus three, so that's not bad at all. Yeah. 15 points. So your views on Forest Green Rovers, bearded one. Yeah, I mean, it's always disappointing to lose, but I, I've actually started to really dislike Forest Green. And I so by virtue of that, I hate losing to them. Um, this game has obviously stopped our good run of form that we were on. It's just a small blip in the grand scheme of things. I would fully expect uh, Forest Green to be up there as one of the teams, either automatic or at least in the top end of the promotion playoff spots. I thought it was good that Josh Wright had showed a bit more to his game by scoring the equalising goal. We'd like to see a bit more of that from him rushing into the box. That's where he got a lot of his success from last season. So would very much like to see more of that from him. Um, not sure what's going on with Usise though. I'm not one to usually sort of pick out Nate, uh, players and, and criticise them particularly. But for me, I just don't see the player that we saw when he was on loan from us. Um, he seems quite slow, quite lethargic. He either gets caught ball-watching or he's sort of caught out of position and he's not aware of players running in behind him. 
um, which obviously adds pressure to the defence. It obviously adds pressure to, uh, to you know, uh, to Ross because we've lost the game ostensibly at times because you know players that have run off of him have scored goals, for example, um, and obviously losing games the buck stops with the manager rather than the players that are making the mistakes. So. You know, for me, I think it's disappointing that you see, say, that we're seeing, unless I'm missing something, unless he's been adversely uh, affected by injury or COVID or, or, or whatever, um, nothing's been reported. So, you know, it's just an assumption that I'm, I'm making, but just not seeing that, that player that was so commanding, so controlling and so dominating um, that we saw um, on loan last season. And I'd love to see that player back. Yeah, we, I think we made a point in, in I think the podcast about two weeks ago where I think he's a man-man off him and we weren't seeing that last season. It's a good point about it. I think, you know, Forest Green Rovers is always a difficult match, but when you when you concede two goals from poor defending, you're always going to give yourselves a mountain um, to climb, which is what we've done. But saying that, if the ref gives Stonewall a penalty in the 75th minute, we could be talking about mm. when Joe what have a completely different outlook. So, you know, ifs and buts. Good to see Josh Wright get his goal. He was getting awfully criticised um, by many people uh, on social media before that goal. So good to see Wright get his goal. Another assist from the left for Brophy, um, which was good to see. And it's good to see Raw back as well, getting 20 minutes of football. Uh, also good that we haven't spoken about Edward Adams once in that match. So at least he didn't score against us. I mean, it would have been, would have been a good point, um, but not to be. But, you know, hopefully the rot doesn't set in. Hopefully this doesn't start the beginning of a bad spell for us coming off such a good spell. Yeah. And it was really you know, hear from Dean earlier when he said the mood in the camp's really good and you know heads aren't down. So really good to hear that. But you know, it's all about how we now bounce back. You know, with the next kind of big tough games coming up. So those were our views. Lots of your views coming into or an outlook on Twitter after this game. And as we always say, just because we read the tweets doesn't mean we endorse them. We put as many as what we can for balance and fan interaction. Um, because we get so many and we're glad to do so. So David Sears tweeted us, David Sears 3, said two absolutely shocking goals given away. We beat ourselves, but should have had a penalty for latent foul on Wilco. Yeah, I agree. Wilco 300, not the one that, that David Sears has just mentioned, but a twi- uh, an Orient fan who's, tw- who's got the Twitter handle Wilco 300 said, one of those nothing games, don't think we were bad, but we didn't do enough. We missed Joby in the midfield, not enough energy on there with Cissé and Wright. Yeah, Rayleigh really Dave tweeted, Ross talks about the benefits of a certain side after the ball win and then makes some strange selections. Does he listen to himself? Uh, LDP King said, overall fair result, lucky to be only 2-1 in the end and another game that JB don't play in that we struggle in midfield. Yeah, Charlie LeMay said, tough to lose that. Looks shaky from crosses. Some decent stuff going forward. Miss JB in midfield. Techno's trousers, sorry, trousers techno, sorry, kept it short and sweet. He said we got what we deserved, an eighty percent performance. Disappointing. Yeah, Carl Fiat zero one said most frustrating game of the season so far. Can't even pin it on a particular player. Just overall, not good enough. Only seemed to switch on properly when we were we are a goal behind. Forest Green was simply the better side. That being said, the officials were a bit rubbish. Should have had a penalty. LOFC one double eight one said don't play the eleven that just won four nil. Treated the opposition with too much respect. I would rather we took the game to them from the start. Looks like we came for a point and our plan was undone. Frustrating. Well, Gaffer, some sloppy goals from set pieces have undone us. Rode our luck, but you have to do that away from home. They have a good side, but not outstanding. 
felt it is a point loss, but also felt them scoring was coming at one all. Could have managed the game better in the last 15 by slowing it down and taking the sting out of it. That's also a fairly good point as well. Yeah, Orient point, Fan yeah. TV said defensively poor, a lot of people slag off Coulson, but I feel we missed him tonight at the back. Possibly Cissé's worst game in a no shirt. Still early days though, and we've bounced back from a defeat before, and I'm sure we'll do it again. FA Cup next, something to look forward to. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> Surely, <funny> enough. <laughs> <laughs> Some Davies, East 17s. We've not beaten any team above us in the table. We've got a good squad, but we get outfought by the better teams. Orient Boy said, good reality check. We're not relegation fodder, but not promotion material either. Mid-table team. Poor defending at the set piece, and their keeper wasn't tested. Forest Green edged it. And do we truly have the depth in the squad we, we might think we have? I'm not sure that we do. That's a good point. I mean, a good yeah. point about not really stopping the keeper apart from the goal uh, and Josh Wright hitting the ball wide. We haven't really spoken about many Orient chances in that one uh, whatsoever. Uh, Oli Sonnenfield tweeted, I said Ross got it wrong, I'm afraid. Waited too long to make his subs. Too reactive. Made the wrong ones as well. Shame. East Side Orient said, hopefully the people calling for Turley to, Turley to be playing will now see what Coulson brings to the team and why he is first choice. It was obvious that they were going to score from a set piece, but having said that, Vigarou was fouled for their goal. VAR would have disallowed it. Just to pick up on that point, you have to bear in mind, Jamie Turley's really not played that much at all, so he's going to be a little bit match sharp. You know, He's going to be a bit rusty in terms of match sharpness. So I don't necessarily think it's fair to completely dig Turley out. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to do better and had had some faults in that game but I think uh, he'll need a run of games as well Good point about Vigarou being fouled I hadn't spotted at hand o'clock that's one to, uh, to keep an eye on Spenno 0-1-1 to the draw would have been a fantastic result but we just fell short and to be honest we rode our luck and eventually got punished near the end we played well but Forest Green Rovers was slightly better than us it looked stonewall penalty from the TV angle but the ref was in a good position Ian Hutchinson, 08, has the penultimate uh, ultimate word in this game uh, about this game. He said, a little disappointed we could not build on our good run of results. Forest Green showed today what is needed to compete in this league. Rotation of the squad is important, but the team needs consistency as good performance and results breed confidence. Thought we lacked a leader today. Yeah, final word in this one goes to Reedy Cubini. He said, I don't think we played that badly, but we didn't really play that well either. No need to panic. Close loss to an annoyingly decent team. Some of the boys look leggy towards the end, though, and I think we'll see more squad rotation for the Cup on Saturday. So that concludes um, the views on the Forest Green game. The at Design Cabby Prediction League now. Design Cabby, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, specialise in company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design. They specialise uh, in all of those things and all Orient fans get a 15% discount. You can find James on social media. He posts at Design Cadby on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and you can email him hello at jamescadby.com if you have uh, anything that you are looking to get off the ground. Dan Alton, 2590, The Tipping Tin, Craig, Craig Thurston, Oliver Melman, David Landau, 17, Steve Chaplin, 4, Derby 507, Brad 1, Malloy, all get three points in this league because they correctly predicted the final score, but no scorers on that. So that's, that's really difficult. So I applaud all of you uh, for getting that. We'll do a full table roundup, top of the table roundup at the end of this podcast. So that concludes Forest Green.
Yeah, so moving on until Wednesday, the 4th of November, and the club unveiled a new club ambassador programme, which will have key figures named as the club's community champion. So the first three were announced as Alan Comfort, Peter Kitchen, and our good friend Errol McKellar. So the roles of these community champions will be varied, seeing them accompany players for school visits, care home hospital visits, community events, and lots more. So the club continuing the good work in the community. Lovely to see. Yeah, nothing to report on Thursday the 5th of November, except it was fireworks night. Absolutely. Hope you had a lovely one watching it from uh, the inside of your house. Like yeah. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mooney, Friday the 6th of November, a slightly busier day for the O's than the uh, previous day of Thursday. So, starting the day by saying a happy 31st birthday to Joshua. Happy birthday, Josh. Absolutely. In the early evening, the club announced that Shadrach Ogie has extended his loan with Aldershot until the end of the season. We wish you all the best of luck there, Shad. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect Shadrach to get a decent amount of playing time all shot at him. Yeah. Maybe come back in the summer ready to challenge for a first-team place, having had that experience. And obviously, we have to see what happens in the summer with Joe Willis and our contract and see what happens with contracts. It's interesting how Shad comes back from that one. And mm. in the evening, both the O's and Newport County announced that they would be auctioning match-worn signed shirt from their upcoming FA Cup tie with the O shirt being donated from Joe McEnough and Newport's from Padraig Amond with all money raised, again, going to the JE3 Foundation. Again, great to see what place all involved. You'd expect to get a four-figure number combined, I would say, and again, money that the JE3 Foundation can use and drive forward and get that message out there. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday the 7th of November then, another happy birthday, this time to young O's fan and listener of this very podcast. Happy birthday to Super Harry Hebron. Hope you had a great day. Yeah, Super Harry Hebron. So well done to the youth team who beat Cambridge United 3-1 in the morning with two goals from Matt Young. One was a penalty and another goal from Anthony Papadopoulos. So well done to the young O's. Matt Young was talked about, if I remember rightly, in the bishop Stortford game in the friendly as the standout player. So good to see two goals there from Matt Young. And good to see again the team getting a lot of um, social media coverage on that new Twitter handle, uh, LOFC Academy, which is reporting on all the youth games and doing uh, post-match interviews. So good, good to get more coverage there for the youth team, as we mentioned last Absolutely week. Absolutely spot on. It's been a long time coming. And uh, yeah, it, it's a great, it, it's really kept well uh, up to date there as well, which makes life easier for everyone to get to know the youth team who will hopefully be making appearances in the first team very shortly. So, yep. moving on now then to the main event, it was Newport County at home in the FA Cup first round. And on the Thursday evening before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought we'd get on in this one. And after just 210 votes in 24 hours, the voting ended as follows 19% thought we'd draw, 36% thought we'd lose, and a whopping 45% thought we would win. So thank you very much indeed to everyone who took the time to vote on that. So the team was announced at 2pm with Lawrence uh, Vigaru in goal, uh, back Tunji Akinola, Josh Coulson, Jamie Turley and Joe Willowson, midfield, Joby McEnough, James Dayton, Hector Kipriano and up top Louis Dennis, Danny Johnson and Connor Wilkinson on the subs, bench by Sam Sargent, Dan Happy, Usi Say, Craig Clay, Josh Wright, James Brophy, and a J M D. <laughs> He's definitely got wrestling wrestler WWE potential <laughs> with that. 
Uh, a few changes for the O's as Ross Embleton made five changes to the team that started against Forest Green Rovers and Newport made three changes to their starting lineup, including Pedrag Amond uh, after their loss uh, in midweek. We pick him out because he always seems to do well against us. XO Tristan Abraham started for the visitors, having scored seven goals in 15 games so far this season, so he's absolutely going to be a threat for them in that game. Yeah, when I saw the team announced, I thought that's not a bad team. I was happy to see Joby back um, in the starting eleven. Looked at the bench, you know, a lot of creativity there on the bench with Brophy and JMD, but no one really has come on and put the ball in the net. So you felt a lot of onus was going to go on Danny Johnson and Connor Walkinson uh, going into this game. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ruel was on the bench previously and came on. Maybe he's injured himself a little bit. Um, or, or something I could think of the only reason why he wouldn't be on the bench uh, solid side but surprised Ross made so many changes um, rather than keeping those changes for this the, the game coming up Tuesday night in the EFL Trophy um, Newport without a couple of key players which I think is good news for us which is what I wrote at the time so yeah it'd be interesting to see I do agree with you about Joby being back in there um, although hopefully it's not too much too soon for him in terms of game by game um, yeah, I mean, Ross did mention in his post-match there were a few injuries. He didn't really go into great detail about them. I don't think he really wanted to talk about them to kind of not show his hand yeah. um, to the opposition. But he did say there was a few injuries that have cropped up. So you would presume players who weren't involved have been, you know, have little niggles here and there. I guess we'll find out as the week goes by with two yeah. games upcoming. But as always, lots and lots of Twitter activity coming into Iron Outlook when the team was announced. David Barrett, 6, tweeted us. So we're about to see same play. Who knows what will happen, but let's hope Newport have also listed a good view. A good yeah. view sorry. Yeah, Graham G1484395 said, Disappointed that JMD isn't starting. He does deserve a start. Hector can have 90 minutes on Tuesday. However, in Ross we trust. Yeah, Dan Alton 2590. Just a couple of changes, too many for me. Look lightweight in the centre of the park. I'm pleased Kipriano's getting a chance. I'm slightly baffled that both Coulson and McEnough weren't able to start off for a screen, yet they're fine to play today. Yeah, pre-match, the traditional Remembrance Day ceremony was performed by the 17th Powers Battalion Band, which always makes the hairs on, on my neck stand up. They, they do that absolutely perfectly and beautifully. Yeah, you've just nicked David Ricard's tweet. So we had a tweet from David Ricard, he said that tribute really makes the hairs on the back oh, of yeah, the neck stand up. <laughs> it also reminds of that brilliant victory over Bromley. The noise that day yeah. was something special. So yeah, you have to That's say well true. done to everyone involved. Um, in that you know, um, certainly pre-match, a lot of those history there, as we you know, we've spoken about many a times on the podcast, and always great to see our history remembered. So the match kicked off on a sunny day in E10. The play was stopped in the third minute. Dimitriou won 50-50 challenge with Joby McEnough, who came off worse for that challenge, but was okay to continue. I think he kind of struggled throughout the, the day with that with that knock. Well, you say that, but he was definitely giving our fullbacks a hard time and he was definitely making a real nuisance of himself at times. But yeah, um, I, I guess it probably it, it may have affected other aspects of his game. But 13 minutes on the clock saw our first shot on target by Danny Johnson following some neat build-up play involving Louis Dennis, whose cross was met by Danny Johnson, but his shot on the turn was comfortably saved. Yeah, 23rd minute, Conor Walkinson twisted, turned inside the box, Got his shot away eventually, but a comfortable save by Townsend in the Newport goal. Yeah, an awkward bounce uh, of the ball around the edge of the box in the 25th minute saw Tristan Abrahams, who should have put Newport County ahead at this point, but his half volley came off of Josh Coulson and went out for a corner. 
you know what? We've seen Coulson do that a couple of times this season. Just be in the right place at the right time and deflect the shot just wide here or there. So well played there. Yeah, just like last ditch, final, you know, last ditch defending, absolutely. Just reading the game well. Yeah. Absolutely. 27th minute, Baker's cross from the right, Van Abrahams, who turned and shot, but a comfortable save for Lawrence Vigarou. Yeah, clever ball over the top by Jamie Turley was aimed at James Dayton. He was brought down, winning a free kick in a superb position for us. Connor Wilkinson stepped up to take it, but Townsend made his third save of the game. We are starting to win a lot of free kicks in dangerous positions. I wonder if that's something that we've kind of worked on, trying to win fouls in those areas, because we saw quite a few against Bolton. We spoke about a decent free kick for Connor against Forest Green Rovers mm. in a good position, one, and one cropped up here, but 35th minute. Newport went 1-0 ahead as long as Vigarou came one outside the box to help clear the ball but his heavy touch fell to Ash Baker who dispatched his shot into our goal and it was 1-0 Newport yeah I mean that's a shame uh, Lawrence's mistake has cost us there it, it, it's a big shame because he really as we said earlier with Dean Brill he, do, he really doesn't make many and it's been a fairly even first half so a draw would be a fair result at, at this point. Um, we had a tweet in from DVD NTTG who said, Vigarou always needs a touch before kicking. This let him down today. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about that with Dean, didn't we? The life of the keeper. If you misplace a pass anywhere else on the pitch, he goes off for a throw in. Yes. Or, you know, to another player. If you do it as a goalkeeper, you, you're picking the boy out of the net and you're a villain. But um, that was a good one. goal, but, to be fair. He still had a lot of work to do. He could have, yeah. he could have absolutely put that high or wide or, or just scuffed it. But that was, a, that was actually, from their perspective, a very good goal. Took it well, but glad to say yeah. the lead didn't last long. As a nice corner on the 39th minute, aimed at Jamie Turley, fell in the middle of the box, and Hector Kipriani was running in, caught the ball sweetly on the volley, back in the net past the keeper, one all. Absolutely, what a great goal! Excellent strike, excellent technique from young Hector. And bear in mind, it's his first start of the season. Um, against the league leaders as well, and he's got the confidence to just bowl into the box and just smash an effort in like that. I mean, wow, just wow. Took it like an old pro. Joby McEnough would have been happy with that one. Great goal, great finish. Absolutely. So we were on level terms. 43rd minute Newport should have retaken the lead as Demetrius crossed from the left, scuffed off Abraham's. Baker lost Joe Woodison, beat into the ball and smashed over from five yards when he thought he was going to score. Yeah, switch off there from Joe Widdison. That could have cost us, and I think on another day it probably would have done, but we were lucky there. Three minutes of time were added on. No further chance of note as the teams went in level at half-time as it was one all. Yeah, so no changes for the O's at half-time, but a strange point to know. Newpool was sent out basically you know, five minutes into half-time, straight back out there. So I presume their manager, Mike Flynn, has absolutely ripped them one to get back out there and show me what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what's happened. Lawrence Vigarou made an outstanding diving save from Proctor's header in the 47th minute, but there was a foul in the build-up. Um, and then there was a let-off for us three minutes later as DeVitt held an effort that went onto the post with Lawrence Vigarou beaten. I mean, that was an excellent effort from DeVitt and an inch to the or two to the left, and that's a, that's the uh, that's two one to them. So you can see they've come out really looking to get yes. that early second off goal with you know Flynn's words obviously ringing in their ears. So 63rd minute, we made our first substitution of the game as Craig Clay came on for James Dayton. Um, he's done absolutely nothing this half in, in this game, James Dayton. Absolutely nothing to give Ross a headache about selecting him again for me. I don't know if it's because he's being played out of his favourite position or what, but 
I don't think for him it's about getting a run of games. He's an Im- he's an impact player. Jordan Maguire Drew comes on and impacts the game. I don't ever see James Dayton impacting the game, and I feel he should be. I think there's more to him, um, and I, I do strongly feel that he owes us a good season. You know, we've stood by him, we've supported him as as we rightly should do. When plenty of other clubs would have just said sorry, bye. Um, you know, we've given him a year's contract, um, and he's another one I feel that should be giving us more and should be doing more. But again, I don't know all the ins and outs. Maybe we're tactically not playing to his to his strengths, but it doesn't really seem to affect other players like that. And I just have higher expectations of him. Do you know what I think? James Dayton is in a very difficult position because he's not a right forward. He, that's not his position. He can't play there, which is obviously where. A position is available, and he's definitely not a central midfielder. Definitely no. not. He's a right. He's a right winger, and there isn't a right winger position on the pitch. But I think I think Dayton's in a bit of a damned situation. Yeah. Um, to be honest, there, I think time will tell on that one. We had a lot of tweets about Dayton. I'm sure we'll mention. So I could be. On. I could be quite harsh then with what I've just said. Well, possibly, but you know, everyone's everyone's got an opinion. Maybe, maybe you know, he could play there. But for me, he's not a central midfielder, and he's not a right forward. That's true. So, it's it, it, for me, for me, you know. You look at it, go. You know, he's one who you think probably surplus to requirements at the moment, but playing just due to necessity rather than um, availability. So Connor Wilkinson provided a superb through pass to slip Danny Johnson on goal, 65th minute. But this time he couldn't keep his effort on target, and the chance was gone. Yeah, I've, I've come to expect Danny Johnson to put those sorts of chances away, so it's a bit of a shame for him not to have done that. Uh, well done to Connor for the pass, though, an excellent pass. I know the ball's come across Danny's body, and I know that's probably not an easy shot to take, but I think earlier in the season he would have probably buried that. Yeah, 100% there. Spot on. 68th minute, second sub for the O's, as Connor Walkinson was replaced by James Brophy. Uh, 73 minutes, Jamie Turley picked up a booking for a late and dangerous tackle. Second booking there in two games for James yeah. Turley. Got to be a bit careful there. Newport yeah. took the lead down in the 76th minute. As Devitt, who gave us a warning half an hour previously with the curling effort, wasn't denied this time as he scored an excellent second goal for Newport to put the visitors 2 1 up with just 14 minutes left. I mean, that was another good goal um, from Devitt. Good effort, good goal. Yeah, it's a shame that it's a, it is such a good goal that's cost cost us the match as it turns out to be. 80 minutes on the clock now, third and final sub for us as Joe Widdison is replaced by Jordan Maguire-Drew. Yeah, the impressive Hector Cipriano had an effort well over in the 82nd minute following a neat layoff from Clay Clare. But once that chance was gone, I felt we just kind of sitting there going, nah, not today. Yeah, it's not going to be a day today. Well, there wasn't really much else to talk about for the rest of the match, and four minutes of time added on were played out. The referee brought the game to a close, and Orient are out of the FA Cup in the first round. So, Ross Ambleton spoke to Dave Victor <laughs> after the game and said, What's disappointing me the most is I don't feel we've really imposed ourselves on the game and given ourselves the opportunity to really test ourselves. Credit to them, the winning goal was absolutely stunning in terms of the way the boys strikes it into the top corner. Albeit again, but we gave away an incredible amount of chances. We need to do better in terms of moments in the game where we need to try to get control of the game. So Ross's interview is available on the club's official YouTube channel if you want to watch the whole interview. But Mr. Bearded Legend, Bearded Wonder, what were your views on the Newport game? Yeah, I mean, disappointed to lose this one. I don't think Newport was sensational, but maybe they didn't have to be because our second half performance wasn't as good as the first half. Uh, and the first half was, you know, fairly even but unspectacular. Uh, good at points but poor at others. 
I thought Hector made a superb impression in his first start, the kind of performance actually that Usice should probably take note of. That's the kind of performance that I would expect from someone like Us. Um, Hector, we didn't mention them, but there was a couple of times when he got stuck into 50-50 challenges, did not shirk them, went in full-blooded, won the possession back for us, so there was no recklessness. He he timed his tackles to perfection, looked very, very comfortable and assured in, in the midfield as well. Um, and again, I, I won't keep harping on about it, but I'm a bit missed as to what Dayton was doing all game. He barely got a touch of the ball, no impact. And I think he's fast becoming a luxury player who who may not be with us next season because maybe he's just not that sort of player that we can afford to just have in the squad. I mean, he's a great character, a great personality. Anyone will tell you that. Um, but, you know, we need players that are going to impact games. Um, I thought Joby McEnough and Connor Wilkinson, as well as the back line, I thought they did well too. I know a couple of people picked out a couple of poor moments for them, but I thought generally um, they dealt with what was thrown at them pretty well. Vigaru rarely makes a mistake, but today his one cost us a goal. Uh, but my opinion of him doesn't change because of it. We're lucky to have him, and he is still a very good keeper. A lot of our attacks, as we mentioned previously, come from him. We're getting on the front foot from his position, which we haven't really had a goalkeeper that has provided us with that outlook before. Uh, some of the players today will have given Ross some food for thought, and I think some will need to do much better to give Ross that headache. Uh, I guess the plus side of this means that we can focus on the league now, which is a bit of a cop-out because everyone loves a good FA Cup run. Um, so, you know, to, to be able to relive moments like the tweet that you put out on Saturday, Steve, with the Tahuwe one, which still makes all the hairs on my body stand up. There's so much love for Tahuwe, and he'll he'll always be remembered for that goal forever. Yeah. I mean, that tweet had that video was watched over thirty thousand times, which is just ridiculous when you think about it. But everyone has such fond memories of that, and it, it may sound stupid, but I'm almost glad in a way that the RFA Cup run has ended this season. Because we aren't going to be there. There'd be nothing worse than watching us play Arsenal again or a Tottenham or Chelsea and getting an 89th minute goal and not being in that ground to celebrate it, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I get I get where you're coming from. If it's going to happen, let us at least be there. Yeah. Just, just to finish with me, though, um, final point I wanted to make was when we lost the last two games in a week, we produced possibly our most negative podcast ever. But this, for some reason, doesn't really feel the same as back then. And there are many positives to take and to really sort of keep the faith. I mean, the games are coming thick and fast. We've got Charlton Tuesday, then we've got Colchester. So, you know, we'll get over it and move forwards. What were your views, mate? That was a very good ending, mate. We should, we should have used Keep the Faith as the last song, uh, but we haven't got that one to hear. <laughs> My views, yeah, uh, Cup Run is always nice. Um, and FA, I mean, FA Cup has some of its magic, to be fair, but, you know, like you said, it's always nice to be in the FA Cup. But the thing that annoys me about coming out of that game is that there are players who don't get many chances and got chances in that game and who haven't taken them. So you've obviously mentioned Dayton. Um, and as others who didn't take their chance which is really disappointing when you look back on it and like we've, we've said before when you make a mistake as a keeper you've got nowhere to hide but in hindsight you know there were five changes to that game that's a lot of changes to make um, but if, if we win we're all talking about Ross's great squad rotation and he's, we're patting him on the back but you know he loses and, and you know there's a few tweets criticising about that but you know taking a positive Hector played very well took his goal well He's one definitely to keep an eye on in the future, and it could be much worse. You know, we've gone out to a team who are top of our league, and not to a team eight divisions below us True. on a Sunday, and we haven't had to cancel any podcasts this time because we think our manager's going to get sacked on the night of doing it. 
Well, that's exactly that's a really good point. There were a lot of uh, upsets in the first round this this year. You know, Colchester went out um, to a non league team. South End went out. Barnet beat uh, someone. So you know, there were a lot of cup upsets. So yeah. So those were our views. Again, lots of your views coming in. And again, just to mention, though, these are all tweets that come into Orient Outlook. We love the amount of tweets that we get. So please keep sending them in to us. And just because we read them does not mean we agree with them. So Orient Titus tweeted us saying the last two games have shown we are short of what is required to challenge in this division. David Reichard 80 said, when Brophy gets the ball, all our players seem to stop and wait for him to do something. We really need to give each other more op- they really need we really need to give each other more options. I'm so disappointed with that performance. Probably our worst of the season. I think that's a great point. I think when Brophy's on, everyone looks to that wing for something and it all kind of seems to go through that. Good point. At Boatsy, it's so disappointing as we were just not at the races. We just never did enough with the ball. Newport scored a cracker and they will do well in the league, but we need to learn how to win the first ball. Hector's goal was class. Yax Leo started with a massive boo. He said, outplayed and Newport didn't have to do a lot. We conceded far too much possession, chased shadows and looked second best in a lot of the games we played. So frustrating. The occasional ones that I'm afraid shows you how far behind we are. Too much Deadwood, Turley, Dennis, Dayton, Colson. If the teams go forward, sorry, if the team is to go forward, these players need to be outed with probably another four or five that didn't play today. Yeah, it may sound harsh, but that is true. Which is a bit contradictory to, to other views, and ever, obviously everyone's entitled to their opinions, but a lot of people saying Josh Coulson, and I agree, has done very well this season. Uh, Turley's not really had his chance James Dayton as you've sort of said maybe being played in a position that doesn't really favour what he can do and Louis Dennis I thought he actually had a fairly good game in, in, in spells yesterday I thought he looked pretty dangerous and they were trying to get the ball into him a couple of times and, and um, he was showing his appreciation for those passes as well so I think you know I think um, maybe a little bit on the harsh side there but obviously you are entitled to your opinion uh, occasional one Molly Folly 2019 who is Highly critical uh, of Ross generally um, and isn't a fan of his appointment, unfortunately. But the season is over, he starts off by saying. There's no passion, no fight and no idea. Clueless manager, a mediocre team with no direction and a board totally lacking in ambition. The thing is, the FA Cup, uh, this is the FA Cup and this is what they serve up. My anger and frustration is palpable, just not acceptable at any level, Embleton out. Very harsh air. Yeah. Pills the dough man. So as I said after Tuesday, it's no good sitting back waiting for something to happen. Successful sides play on the front foot and they make things happen. Ross needs to think about that in my opinion. We didn't even have a go at staying in the cup. Why not play Turley at the front for the last ten? Well, because if he'd have done that, people would have criticised Ross for playing Turley at the front for the last ten minutes and then we'd have conceded a goal and it's like, what's he doing for Turley up? Damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, eh? Hey. Um, Les LK52 said lost by a ridiculous selection Ross Embleton knew how important the game was yet changed half the team start with your best 11 make changes Tuesday night we were absolute rubbish and couldn't even have a go when we went behind Newport were good and we were nowhere near their level yeah good point about starting with your best 11 again I think there's injuries that we haven't been told about as a fan base that probably influenced that selection but it would have been good to hear about them either way Steve uh, Gibson underscore 89 says why keep playing Dayton central midfield you might as well start with 10 men 
Oh, and that, there you go. That kind of plays into the points that we were talking about earlier. Dear Stu said, poor ball retention throughout second half performance was probably the worst performance all season. No creativity again. Hector was very good indeed. Needed him on the ball more. Surely the squad players should be pushing the first choice team. But on that performance, that's not happening. Good point. Great point there. Good point about ball retention as well. Long balls, just going back to new ball players, essentially he's just giving them straight back possession for them to build more attacks. Uh, really good point there, Stu. Paul, uh, LT, two-piece, definitely second best. Did Dayton even touch the ball? Hector looks class. Strange stuff to take Willison off. And put our main attacking threat to left back. We look very average against teams above us. Tim Pot Cup on Tuesday. We can have another tinker. Yeah, Daniel underscore D44 said that was rubbish. Kiprianu was the only shining light. We looked leggy, tired and devoid of any attacking nous. Yet again, the fullbacks were swamped and the midfield was outnumbered. This happens every time we play anyone half decent. Johnson didn't even have scraps to play off. Yeah, good point for that. He had one chance and unfortunately didn't put it away. PM31970. So we can beat the lesser teams in the league and on a par with some of the mid-table teams, but we are short of the top teams. I know players need wrestling, but you can't keep changing the team as this leads to inconsistency. I mean, every other team in the league is in the same position as us in terms of fixture schedule, so it can't be an excuse as Newport look fresh and highly energetic for the best part of the 90 minutes as well. So, yeah, good point. Good point. You know, uh, Lou Bear 84 said, should have started our best 11, knowing what a good side Newport are. Thought our players very slow. Hector looked good in the middle. Great goal. He was my man of the match. Alan AVM 1502 says Ross hasn't a clue Brophy on to attack then he moves back Dayton and Dennis should have been off at half time God knows what JMD has done to Ross The Tipping Tim said JB looked knackered and it showed how much Orient rely on him which is a worry given he's 39 years old On the plus side Kipriano looked good, looked like a championship player of the future someone get him on a long term contract Dayton continues to be the most anonymous footballer in history <laughs> Very harsh on dating some of these tweets. At Boggs, Dollops won. So two, two one defeats in a few days. Both games, second half performance, dreadful. Ball retention poor. Never held the ball up at all. Perhaps a refund tactically is needed as too much space for the opposition has been given. John W999 said, typical hysterical overreacting a week after Bolton. Yes, poor performance, but it's in the league by Christmas. Um, sorry, it's in the league. By Christmas, we'll have a clearer idea where we stand. Inconsistent, but not a terrible season so far. Kipriano is shining light amongst a lot of mediocrity today. Oh, I like the last sentence out. Very nice. Kevin yeah. Cowlett, it's a disappointing display. We lost to the better side. Hector, one of the few bright sparks we need to defend high up the pitch. If you invite crosses into the box, you'll concede. One or two players, given another chance today, did not step up. Stassi Stassi said a chance of a bit of FA Cup glory which is so important to the fans so we don't put out our strongest team I just don't get the strategy Yeah, Tom LOFC20 said today was a good reflection on where we are clearly better than the bottom 4 or 5 teams in League 2 but a bit away from the top 8 teams if we're brutal to finish in the top 7 next season the likes of Dayton Dennis Turley all need to be moved on again attacking those same players yeah, um, players that haven't really had that much time either, uh, particularly Turley. Gorillas1985 said, it's OK, we're going to win the Papa John's trophy. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Kiprianu can get a run in the team, or at least in front of Dayton and Wright uh, on the bench as a sub. Least we got beat by a top of the league this season and not a non-league team like last year. It was funny to see Southend and Colchester get knocked out by non-league teams. 
Yeah, again, going back to Ross's post-match, he kind of implied that Hector will play 90 minutes on Tuesday. So I think if he has another good 90 minutes on Tuesday, we may see him actually start a league match next Saturday. One to keep an eye on, I guess. Antique Mouse. Because so outplayed by a better side, they were more powerful, quicker, on and off the ball. Abrahams was a handful and a reminder of what we let go. Once again, current system doesn't work, leaving Johnson too isolated and not enough pressure on their defence. Good to see Hector play well. And I mean, another good point there about Danny Johnson, this, you know, system as a fox in the box sometimes don't work if you can't get the ball in the box. Yeah, that is also very, very true. And just to point out, obviously we sold Tristan for a good fee, so we couldn't stand in his way. I think he went to Norwich. Norwich, um, yeah. So he couldn't, we couldn't stand in that way. King Laurie 7 said, Ross Embleton fans can see no wrong. Ross Embleton haters can see no right. Both sides are entrenched. Disappointing, but Newport are a decent side, so no embarrassment here, unlike the Malden Seesaw FC debacle. Obviously referring to the ja- uh, to Malden and, and Tiptree, which actually more jam, I thought, rather than Seesaw, but anyway. Steve Forecast said, thought we were OK. Strange rest players for the FA Cup and a match we could have won. Joe looking good at left-back. Happy missing defence. Dayton, nowhere near as good as play in that position. Result as expected. Uh, George Nicholas underscore one said I feel gutted really after not being able to play Spurs I really wanted the excitement and magic of the FA Cup we may have lost at full strength but I don't we may have lost at full strength but I don't think so the wrong team was picked for me today the club needs the money from the cup run as well which is also a very good point really good point and the final word for this episode goes to Essex Biz we said fair play to Newport they hassled us didn't let us play However, it was a labour performance by the O's with no real snaps for our play. Very disappointed to be out in the first round again. And those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook on Twitter. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook.com or we're on Facebook, Orient Outlook Podcast, or we are on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. We are indeed. So, Design Cabby Prediction League update then. Well done to Dan Orton 2590, Paul Wee underscore UK, O's Fan Basing, Rob Kelly 18, David Landau 17. Well done, that's that's twice um, we've mentioned David Landau, who predicted today's. And, Dan, and Dan Orton. And Dan, Dan Orton, Orton David yeah. Landau. If you would like to DM us your lottery numbers for next Saturday, mate, we would love to take them. Yeah, absolutely, we would. You guys all correctly predicted the results. You will get three points, which means the top of the Design Cadby Prediction League is as follows. On 16 points, Dan Alton, 2590. 14 points just behind him is the Tipping Tim. And on 13 points, pulling away there is George Girk. So thanks to everybody for your predictions. So moving on into Sunday, the 8th of November, the club announced that the first round FA Youth Cup tie against Woking will no longer be streamed live on the club's YouTube channel due to a change of venue, but highlights will be made available on YouTube following the game. So don't go on YouTube tomorrow night at 7 o'clock expecting to see a live stream because that will not be happening. So avoid disappointment. Highlights will be up after the game. Yeah, absolutely. No ladies' match to report on this week as the FA's latest guidance means that all training sessions and matches are suspended until the 2nd of December. So no ladies' matches now until December. Yeah, and in the early evening, the club announced a new engagement format via a club stakeholder event as the club out statement saying the following. So they said, as a club, we are keen to explore new ways to engage regularly with all stakeholders of Leighton Orient Football Club. Today, we are pleased to announce details of our first LOFC stakeholder event, which will take place via Microsoft Teams on Friday, the 13th of November, between 7 and 8 p.m. 
Yeah, we invite fans to nominate themselves to enter a random ballot to attend the event. We will select six fans to attend and will randomly select two disabled fans to attend the virtual event. The first meeting will have a very informal agenda. They'll do introductions and objectives of the new stakeholder events, the impact of COVID on the club, streaming, and we invite fans to provide their feedback and suggestions on how we can further expand our audience, return of crowds, what they're going to be doing to make this possible when government rules allow, season cardholder value, and a general Q&A, which involves an open forum to raise queries or suggestions. So one of your South Stand charms, either me or the bearded legend, will be at this event. So if you have any suggestions on the above, so we don't want questions on Ross or the team or who should be in or who should be out. It isn't what this is about. It's just what Paul has mentioned as the agenda. If you've got any suggestions um, or questions on any of those subjects, then send them to us via email at orientoutlook.com and we'll be, do our best to get them raised for you and be your voice of reason. So any questions on those, give us an email or an outlook at outlook.com and we will do our best to get them raised for you. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be preferable to have them on email so we can collate them. But likewise, we are on Twitter. Most people that listen to this communicate to us through Twitter. That's at Orient Outlook, as you will probably already know. So we are at an hour 24 now. So let's wrap this up. Um, fantasy Football Update. Jamie Wellham is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League on 497 points. Just two points ahead of Dave Hyten in second place. Arsenal and Villa are currently playing at the moment. So this will be updated uh, probably later tonight or tomorrow. Steve's doing well in 34th place out of 297 players. Well done, everyone. That is not bad at all. So positives and negatives of the week. I done positives last week, bearded legend. So okay. as it's your birthday week coming up, I'll let you take the positives. Thank you very much indeed. Pos- <laughs> two positives for you this week. It's Hector Kipriano's performance, outstanding from a young man, a very mature and assured performance. Very delighted to see that. And also a great youth team result. They come off the back of a couple of bad ones. So it was good to see them turn that around. I think Brian Sarr said that a couple of them, have, or a few of them have been out on, on loan spells. So they've now come back back into the squad and it just shows the quality that we've got there yeah really good negatives we're out of the FA Cup so like we said always nice to have a cup run but not to be this season second negative two losses in a week and a third negative that I'll just throw in some of the injuries that Ross mentioned in his post-match interview so we hope some of those that he's mentioned who we don't know who's injured hopefully some of those aren't too bad and we get to see a fully fit squad in time for next Saturday's game which moves us along nicely into next week's fixture so firstly on Ross's birthday Tuesday the 10th of November we travel across the water to Charlton Athletic in the final group game of the EFL Trophy so Charlton lost their FA Cup match yesterday they lost one that were against Plymouth but their league form has been fantastic they're on a great run of form in the league they've won their last five league matches and they are third in League One I mean this is a slightly bizarre game in terms of we're already through with one game left to play yeah. they're already out with one game left to play. And Lee Bowyer, in his post-match press conference yesterday, slated, absolutely slated the competition. So a real bizarre one, but I think Ross has put out a a tinkered team again. I don't think we'll see a first eleven on that game at all. Correct. I think you'll probably see maybe the Sam Lings, if he's fit, or the... Uh, Jordan Thomases or, or, or and, and some of the regular starters. Yeah, you know, you've seen Dan Happy on the bench already. 
Um, maybe it's a good time to get some minutes for the others, the Jaden Sweeney's, the Hector Kiprianu's, the Raw Satorius, if they're fit, that sort of thing, to get more minutes in their legs, because I can't see Lee putting out a full-strength side, although I think there is a rule that you have to put out a certain amount of first-choice players to obviously not weaken the competition, but nonetheless, um, we're going to go to uh, just up the A12 to Colchester United next Saturday, the 14th of November. They were in FA Cup action against non-league Marine and they couldn't beat them in 90 minutes or in extra time. So their match went to penalties, which they lost 5-3. Colchester are 11th in League Two and have won three and lost two of their last five games. And also, just to remind you that the under-18s are in action on Monday night. That's the 9th of November, kicking off at 7 o'clock against Woking. I'm sure that will be covered on their uh, at Orient Academy, uh, Leighton Orient Academy account. Um, but it's not going to be screened live anymore. So Monday night for November should just be remembered for the day of the FA Youth Cup tie. It should also always be remembered because the bearded legend celebrates his birthday. So from myself... Sitting here in my kitchen to you, sitting there in your kitchen. A massive happy birthday Thank you, to mate. you. And hopefully your card will turn up tomorrow because it has been posted out. <laughs> Thank you um, very much. But have a great day. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or Begads LFC on Twitter or get onto Instagram or get emailing Adam and the boys for all your plastering and rendering needs. Absolutely. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for staying with us in this rather long podcast. But we had Dean Brew at the beginning and we were not going to turn down the opportunity to throw a few questions at him. It's been a disappointing week for us on the pitch. Two losses over the last seven days as our league trip to Forest Green ended in a narrow defeat in our first loss in five games, which was then followed by a first round defeat in the FA Cup as we were eliminated at the hands of Newport County. This week is a big week with our EFL trophy tight away to Charlton, who are already out of the competition and it follows uh, followed up very quickly with an away game up the A12 at Colchester in a game which we all want to win and return to winning ways. Yeah, if you listen on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, add a studio favourites, and that way you'll have all of the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. We are also on all smart speakers, so listening to the podcast has got even easier and we say it every week do not forget to pass the pods essentially especially in these days you know lots of people on furlough in lockdown be missing the football they'll be missing going to Brisbane Road and other football grounds and they might not know if they're on Outlook podcast so if you've got a friend a chum a family member who's missing the football and needs their football fix please recommend this podcast to them get them engaging with us and hopefully you know we can bring a bit of brightness or a bit of happiness well not obviously not talking about two losses in a week but hopefully bring a bit of enjoyment and engagement their way you know in, in these difficult difficult times absolutely so just leads us to say very much a big thank you to Dean Brill for coming on uh, to this week's show and we're going to be back with episode 224 next week with all the information and all the views that you could ever need we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm have a great week stay safe and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast Adios.